I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think really this this is like when Anxiety. your kids come home with lice and your head starts to itch. Yeah. This show, I'm... It's, it's, making you, yeah. it's making me anxious. Hi, I'm Rachel Bellow. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. You're listening to the Big Payoff Podcast. Today, we're talking about fear in the workplace and why we so often feel afraid at work. I'm I'm feeling just a little bit afraid right now. Did you feel me breathing when we were talking outside? I did. What was that? I don't know. I mean, the topic of this show is I'm truly deep breathing. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I've... It, you and I have been having this conversation actually a lot lately where what happens is I'll call you and say, I feel nervous. I feel I, I don't know that I'd use the word fear, but it's a feeling. So whether it's scared or anxious or whatever, I'll and then we talk it through and we kind of go through a list of, well, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? And back in the day when we really were under way more pressure from the external forces in our lives, we could usually name it pretty quickly. Like, well, oh, it's that jerk. Yeah. I mean, client. I think the, the, the reason we want to talk about this today is everybody experiences fear at work. It's just a basic. And it isn't in just in the first six months of every job, which is always, yeah. Oh, yeah. always a proving If you're not time. scared in the yeah. first six months. It's hell. Yeah. The first six months of any job is hell because, you know, you think you're a fraud, whatever. But you might be it, a fraud in those first six months. Well, you probably were, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is that even at our advanced age, there is still a lot of fear, not a lot of fear around work, but there are moments of real, genuine fear around work that we kind of take for granted and we want to sort of pull the cover off that and take a look at it and go, is it necessary? And what's it really about? Yeah, because I think when you get behind it, because fear feels external, you know, the factors for us, Rachel, over the years, we've either had a client from hell. I mean, we once had this client that was so triggering to to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you triggered him and he triggered you, Ivan. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I don't think yeah, he's listening to this podcast. Not. If he is, he's no longer our client anyway, so it doesn't matter. But he would really get under your skin yeah. because he was very um, critical. He and resistant. Resistant. To resistant that to our help. Off. Oh, my God. And then I would become a bitch, and then he would call you and go, what's 
the yeah. deal with Rachel was yeah. she being so mean. It was very triggering. So that led to every interaction with Ivan being being scary. Well, you know that feeling of when an email comes in, whether oh, it's God. from a it can be from a client, it can be where it's always the same feeling of dread. Dread oh, when you see the name, name, just the name. And so I think what we need to do is really step back and first of all, Rachel and I just did you a, a favor for this show as we do every podcast, which is we broke this down. We made a list, right? Well, we didn't just do it. We did it last night. Right. Well, we did it before we got on the air today. But we made, we figured we go through this checklist. The way I go through my mental checklist is I'll say, first, is it something with my kids? Yeah. You know, is that really the thing? Is it something with my husband? Is it anything at home? Once I eliminate the personal, I'll go client by client or project by project. And then I'll go to the meta, like our career, our business, our reputations, right? I'll go all the way out. It depends if it's one in the morning, I stay closer to home. By three in the morning, I'm oh, at Meta. Oh, baby, the three in the morning. Oh. That is just the devil's playground yeah. right there. And we, we really are going to give you a checklist. And we're going to help you break it down and not just analyze it, but actually show you the door out for each one of those issues. Because we all have the same issues and when it comes to fear at work. Yeah. And we're going to give you that checklist when we come back from the break. So, Rachel, we just promised a checklist and let's just go through it, because what we did was we tried to ask ourselves, what are the things that cause us fear and then how universal are those things? Right. What are the three kinds, categories of fear that not only we have, but I hear from my girls and that Suzanne hears from her friends and from her children at the office there? It really actually isn't that complicated. It's three classic fear factors at the office. One category of fear is the question you're asking yourself that goes, am I am I really smart enough for this job? Am I good enough for this either promotion they've given me or job that I'm giving that I've been given? Yeah, am am I over my head? Am I a fraud? Yeah, am I a right? fraud? And yeah, and yeah. and that of course peaks in the first 6 months of any job, but you know what? It really doesn't go away, especially if you're on a fast track and you're being given more and more responsibility. It took us years and years to get over the feeling that a client at any moment was going to ask the question that would be the scariest question for us, which was, well, how do you know? How do you know? (laughs) How do you know that? I mean, Uh you never want to get asked that question if you're Suzanne and Rachel. (laughs) Because I freaking know. I told you. That's why I know. Right. Okay. And the other um, category of fear is, and this is especially true in the early part of your career, which is, do I really like this job? And what you're really asking is, oh, God, is this the right career for me? Am I in the right career? Do I like this? Am I, do I really like this? Is this the right fit for me? Right. Or am I going to get trapped here in a job exactly. that I hate? Exactly. And you look above you and you go, I don't like any of their lives. Oh, my God. I'm going to be that person yeah. who's staying till one in the morning dressed in her sweatpants. I don't want to do that. So we're going to tell you what that's really about and how to get out of that. And then the third one is... Boy, is this a big one. Does my boss really see how special I am? Does he really know? And it's usually he, but it's not always. No, the the, the running narrative in your head is, wow, I really 
am great. Not even at what I do, but just just I'm great. I'm really great. I'm a gift. I'm a gift to this place. I'm so special. Yes. And it feels really scary and dangerous if your boss doesn't see that first. You know, and it's looking at performance and skills and did you do this well and how did you do in this meeting? No, 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 no. Yeah. Let's cut right, right to the chase. Do you understand that I am hugely special and that pretty much anything I do is pretty special? Yeah, and I know that because my mother always told me that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. why don't you know that? Or didn't tell me and so I need everybody else to tell me. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. So those are the three categories. We know you've feel these. If you aren't feeling these, then you're not alive at work, honestly. If you go to work every day feeling completely calm and carefree. And well, first of all, you're not pushing yourself enough. Oh, yeah. Second of all, you may be on the on the spectrum. I don't know. Yeah. Or your meds are too high a dose. I mean, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> you know, bring the Zoloft down. Right where I go. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel really, God, I feel really great. On the other hand, I don't feel much. <laughs> right. like, when I went off caffeine, and and which I did, as you know, like eight years ago, every time I'd have even a little dose of something, I'd walk around all day thinking, wow, I just got the best news. Maybe yeah. this really is a great job. And then I'd realize it was the caffeine. Yeah. It's the worst, worst buzzkill. Yeah. We're, one of our solutions is not going to be... Um, altering your mood through some external pill or taking no. a toke before you go so to let's, jail. So let's go to the first one. Am I going to get called out for being a fraud? So, yeah, am I smart enough? Am I smart enough? So what do we? What do you do about that? You, well, you must you. feel that all the time. <laughs> so why don't you take this one on? Well, I'll tell you the biggest trick there is no skipping this. Two things. If you do these two things, you will you will cut down that feeling by 99%. Number one is always be prepared. I don't care whether it's a small staff meeting. Be prepared. Be buttoned up and prepared. That is, come in with all the materials you need to that meeting. Look at whatever deck has been sent in advance, whatever's been sent to you in advance. Read it up the night before. I I cannot tell you if I could grab your shoulders through this microphone and tell you if you are prepared, you will feel so much better. So much better. I'm about to give a shout out to my father-in-law, Murray Brown, who you love. Rachel, he's the cutest. He's adorable. This were his, are there four Ps or five? This were his. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> wow, he's really something. He, he's, a, he's a branding expert. But I, but I will tell it's you good that and freaking advice. So many times we wing it, especially yeah. in meetings that are sort of low stakes and it's just me and my peers. If you're the person prepared, oh, in the meeting, yeah. oh my God, you feel on top of the world. So that's number one. And the second is listen, 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 and listen. Listen, listen. So do not be the person. This is per- coming from you. Shh, quiet. <laughs> is, do not be the first person in the room to talk. Right. Or if you don't do any of these things, there is that fabulous 
um, article on the 10 things you can do to sound smart in a meeting. <laughs> right. It. So the couple of the good ones are repeat the last thing that was said, but more slowly. Right. Like repeat the last thing that was said. More slowly. Interesting. Huh. Or the other good one was if there's any data a slide that's been presented that has data on it, you say to the person after the slide has advanced, go, wait, can we go back to that last slide? <laughs> right? Like you're really absorbing right. the data. Oh, yeah. wait, there is another really good one, which is always ask this question. But can it scale? <laughs> no matter what you're no talking about. Okay, right. but look, to be serious, so Rachel just delivered, that was gold. That was good stuff just now. I'm telling you, the preparation part is so... It's it's such an anxiety reducer that it's like it's like taking a pill yeah. by preparing. All it takes is a half hour the night before reading, Think, making a list. Rachel, let's go back to yesterday. To yesterday, absolutely. Rachel was um, without me, which was probably the source of your fear. You were alone um, with another partner and and a big presentation. And normally, if you and I were doing that. Our habit is to have ourselves buttoned, buttoned up, up to our teeth by about five days before. Honestly. Oh, yeah. And every slide would have been meticulous and thought And through. who's leading it. Oh, And yes. what's the kit point there? Who's doing which slide? Well, and what, right. this team that I was working with just doesn't work that way. They're just much looser. And I was freaking out about the fact that we were going into the meeting and the slides weren't even finished. Right. They weren't even designed. I was completely like... Oh, my God, I can't get that feeling of it. But you know what? It went great. It was a different way of doing it. I prepared what That's I That's what I was going to say. It yeah. went well because you pre all you need to take care of is yourself. Yes. You can't take care of your colleagues. You can't right. take care of your clients. Prepare yourself. Let's go on to the next one. Is this job the right fit for me? Do I really like my job? This is what I, I remember so clearly. When I left Teach for America, moved from New York back to Chicago, which was a huge yeah. emotional thing for me because my family was here and I left my life in New York and I moved back to Chicago and I go into work on the first day and I'm alone. Yeah. Alone in this office inside of Loyola Law School. All I, I mean, I'm getting emotional. All I could think to myself was, what have I done? Right. I've made a terrible mistake. And that I'll never get out of. Every now, time I hear this, that's the key. I'll never get out of it. Suzanne, this. that's the key, is that I'll never get out of it. And every time I hear this, I always tell people, think in two-year time frames and ask yourself this. What do I need from this job now? Not 20 years from now. Right now. Is it money to pay back some debts? Is it learning a specific thing like you could be in a job that you know you don't want to hang on to long term but man is it teaching you yep, a how to work with spreadsheets right do that job until you have nothing left to learn on right. that front or is this introducing me to a new network Absolutely. of people am i now going to expand my horizon simply by being in a new environment with new people right right and so the mistake that I think underlies this fear of, is this the right job for me? Is Do do I like this job? Is you're looking for your job to be your home. Oh, and not yeah. every job is your home. In fact, there's usually only one job in your entire career, Whole career. where enough factors come together where it feels like, oh, this is home. And every other job is a pathway to something 
bigger and it's not and necessarily even true that once you're in your home you're going to stay there forever but you you find it and it's the scariest one to leave yeah. but this is if you're feeling right now like you just don't know if this is the right job for you just go to those three facts we just gave you are you learning are you meeting new people is there something about this job in this moment that you desperately need like money just hang on to that for now and then ask the big question in a slightly longer increments just give yourself a year yeah give yourself a year or two and and stop thinking about it as career so don't go global yeah okay One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Third fear category is the most interesting one, which is, does your boss think you're special? Like, does he really, does she really believe that I'm special? I, I, I do think you're special. I'm sorry I don't tell you enough. <laughs> what, I think it's very special that you think I'm your boss. And I'm just, <laughs> wow. The real, the real question that you're asking, that you should be asking is, do you really know how special you are, in what respect. And I'm telling you, if you try to leapfrog over knowing what it is that makes you special, and here's a hint, it isn't everything. <laughs> it's just usually some gift, some gift, some special feature of you. If you aren't confident of that, you're going to be trying to look, for, you're going to look for that from everybody, especially your boss. And it's not fair to you. And it's not fair to them. And something else will happen that will be really dangerous to you. If you aren't locked down on what that special skill or gift, genius, whatever you want to call it, if you don't know what that is, you are going to be all day long. It's like, who's my mommy? Yeah. All day long, you're going to be looking for somebody else to hand it to you or show it to you. Confer and, onto you the specialness yes. that you aren't feeding yourself. And, you know, it's dangerous. It's, it's really it's, dangerous. It's really dangerous. And it's really important. It doesn't mean that you're always going to be on your gift, you know, so let's say you're incredibly good at working with groups and bringing the best out of groups and leading groups. Okay. Just knowing that and steering yourself as much as possible in that direction is so huge. It doesn't mean you're always going to be doing that. You're going to be getting a lot of other ancillary skills, but knowing that you're great oh, yeah. and best in the world at something is what makes you feel special. And I want to end on this one thought. It's true that your boss is always the prototype of mom or dad. Yeah, the archetype. The archetype, yeah. thank yeah. you. Of mom or dad. 
you're seeking their approval always. Yep. So you should also be aware of that. Who's this figure to me? Yep. Why do I need their approval so much? Is it really about this boss and this relationship? Or do I need to dive deeper into my own insecurities relative to that need? And look, this is between you and your therapist, but really it's between you and you. It really is. And your reaction, if it's disproportionate to whatever feedback you get, got, let's say your boss raised an eyebrow at something you said and you go home devastated and depressed, Yes, take yourself on and go, look, that's my stuff. And really, I'm telling you, it makes you feel better yes. when you realize, I know this is weird to say, if you realize it really is inside you, you actually have some control over it. Oh, yeah. So, Rachel, I think we've been around the block on this topic now enough because fear at work is so often people's primary concern. And I think that we need to get some help of our own here. I think you need help. I think that our listeners need help. I, I, of course, don't need help. But I am curious what a professional coach would say, what patterns uh, they see out there, and what do they tell their clients? And how does it actually change things. Right. So we're going to call a coach, Andrea Gerson. She's the founder of Creative Career Consulting. And she's a coach on The Muse, which is a website we love, themuse.com. Yeah, you can actually, you know, book her from themuse.com and then look at find a coach and just book Andrea. Yeah. So let's hear what Andrea has to say, because maybe then I'll book her for your use, right? <laughs> so let's get Andrea on the phone. Hello? Hey, Andrea. Hi. Welcome to The Big Payoff. It's Suzanne. And Rachel, and thanks for joining us and, and helping us see through this morass of fear and loathing. Sure. Thank you for having me on. So you work with clients, we're assuming one-on-one -on -one as a coach. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And do they come to you with a presenting problem? Like have you had clients come to you and say, you know, I'm feeling really anxious at work and I need some help? Yes, absolutely. I think that um, these types of things are often like the underlying issue um, when we're talking about challenges, either finding a new job or thriving in a current job. There's often a component of fear there, for sure. And what, what kind of fears do you generally see among your clients? Um, well, you know, it can, it can really span. Often it's, um, it's related to, like, you know, thought process and, you know, things that people think about their own capabilities. So when I work with clients, I try to think about each of us having what I like to think of as a realm of thriving. So this is a, a way of being when I feel like this is when we're really effective, we're really productive, we're very engaged. And I sort of think about fear as being the enemy of this. 
So this can happen when, for one reason or another, we're, we're like thrown off balance and out of our realm of thriving. And, you know, this can happen in all kinds of situations. It can be that, you know, maybe the situation that we're in is demanding more than what we think we have the resources for. So, you know, that we're missing something innately, that we think that we don't have the right knowledge or the right temperament or the right experience. Um, or maybe, you know, that we're just the wrong person completely. Well, that's... Or, you know, it could be the fear... Well, that's definitely one thing that feels very familiar to us is this sense of thinking that you actually are a fraud in some way. You're over your head. You're yeah. over your head. And so when people get paralyzed and overwhelmed, what do you what do you tell them? Often what can then happen is that it becomes like a catch-22 because then um, that that fear or that belief can actually cause us to underperform yeah. because we have sort of a, a frozen response. We become kind of paralyzed. Yeah. And so I, I try to use this. When I find that this is happening with the client, I think that there's some, you know, there's some questions that I find it useful to ask because ultimately we, what we want to do is we want to we wanna look at this fear and we want to see how can we use this to get back to being our best selves. So, you know, sometimes fear can be really, really valuable because it can help us to really think about what are the things that we can improve on? How can we continue to, to challenge ourselves, to evolve, and to kind of meet the needs of the situation? So hold, um, hold on one second yeah. there, Andrea. So if I'm yeah. listening to this and I'm going, okay, I've been in that loop many times, mm-hmm. you know, that hamster wheel mm-hmm. where I feel insecure right. and then I start right. underperforming and then it's like, oh, my God, now I look like – I'm I'm not good and I really know inside I am. I'm trapped. I'm trapped in this hamster wheel. How actually do you get me out of that? So there are a few things in that type of situation there are a few things that I would want to look at. One, you know, is this is this a mindset thing? Is this something is the person that I'm working with do they see themselves in a fixed way like in a box and have they have they lost touch with that part of themselves that, you know, that knows that they're able to evolve and to change and improve. That's good. Um so one book that I often recommend is Cal Dweck's Mindset. Um, it's a fantastic book for looking at, you know, where do these beliefs come from and how can we kind of chip away at them to become motivated to learn and to grow. Sometimes with a the client, there's a cognitive shift that needs to happen. So it could be that the person needs to sort of like look at the situation and reframe it um, sometimes it has to do with how we're perceiving other people's perception of us or their motivations towards us. So sometimes, you know, we want to really look at, like, what is it that's triggering the fear? And um, there are some really great, like, cognitive strategies. And this is where working with a coach or a therapist can really be life-changing. And so do you um, see lives changed? I mean, do you have enough clients? Because I know that you've worked with people at Microsoft and a lot of other major companies. Google. I mean, the list of your clients at these companies, Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. So these people are high performers. And under a lot of pressure. And so do you have good experiences or where you've seen somebody actually change? Absolutely. It's amazing how much just changing your beliefs about something and just starting to notice um, what you're attributing to certain behaviors and interactions. Um, Because when we're, you know, when we're in a situation, we're a player in that. There's a dynamic. And so we sometimes see ourselves as being, you know, uh, an object in our surroundings. Yeah. Right, right. So, it, of course, it makes a huge change. We start to see ourselves as being part of the process and to have more agency in, in what's happening. So I want to ask you to work with me. This is this is a younger version of me, but we talk on this show a lot about my old boss, Jeff, 
who mm. <laughs> he's become our kind of. He was just that he was, you know, a classic tyrant, narcissistic and and really took out on Suzanne. I mean, I witnessed it because I was around, took out on Suzanne a lot of his own stuff. And she was tyrannized for yeah. years. Like to the point where, you know, in my inbox, if I'd see his name, you know, my stomach would drop. And that was often because obviously email was a big part of the communication. So I was in my late 20s and he was a very powerful, well-respected businessman. And I am paralyzed because I just am constantly feeling either like I'm not doing my job well or it's often, actually, I would feel like, wait a second, what the fuck? I am actually doing my job well. Why aren't I getting any credit for this? It was like but I you never said that. Nev- to him. No, I never said that to him. So if I come to you and I'd said, so I want to feel more in control of my experience in this job because I can't bear it anymore to. Be at the whim of whether or not he says something nice or criticizes me and that makes or breaks my day. Help me. Okay, let me let me actually give you the voice that she would actually <laughs> say. Yeah, yeah. It's just she so is not true. Just not very nice to me, oh man. Okay, that is really a voice I have never used. I mean, honestly, Andrea, can you imagine me ever using that voice? We know each other so well. <laughs> never. Okay, so imagine that not that version of me, but I really was in pain and came to you. What What is the opening advice you would give me? You know, it's so interesting because fear really is like like a lot of other emotions, fear is a sign, you know, for us that something is not right in our environment, you know, that there's something, you know, it happens when we don't feel safe. And so if you're having that, that reaction or that response, I like to think of each situation as like, uh, you know, that it can, it falls on a U-shaped curve, you know, so if we picture an upside down U, um, at one end of that U, we have a situation that has no stress, no challenge, you know, no fear, and at the other end, there, it's the extreme level to the point where it's paralyzing and it's making you miserable. So ultimately, you know, we want to be working in a situation where, you know, on the, the optimal end of that upside down U is like the middle end because that's it's where we feel motivated and challenged to grow, but it's not to the point where we're where we're you know where we're un, where we feel unsafe. So a question that I would have in in that kind of situation is, you know, it sounds like you were very young and that you you had not yet built up the confidence and, you know, the ability to sort of defend yourself professionally, if that makes sense. So you were really, um, it sounds like you were really vulnerable. You know, you wanted his approval. You probably, you know, needed that job on your resume in order to progress and move forward. So that can be a really tough situation, but ultimately it's really a question of is it worth it to, you know, to fight it or to flee it? You know, what what is going to be the best situation for you going forward? So how would you recommend she talk to someone who is obviously bringing to the table his own insecurities, his own uh, bullying tendencies? I mean, I knew the guy and he yeah. was objectively a bit of a bully and mm-hmm. not susceptible to someone going, Jeff, I, I don't feel safe. Like, what can you say when you don't feel safe in front of someone who objectively isn't safe other than flee, right, other than quit? What yep. can you do? Well, I think fear can definitely be a sign of some sort of a mismatch, either a mismatch in industry, in workplace culture, or in supervisory fit. So if the fear is constant or it gets worse, I think it's really important 
um, for people to trust their own intuition. This is something that I work with clients on a lot is that, you know, each person is ultimately their own, the own expert of their own needs and their own, you know, what feels safe and professional to them. So, you know, I work with a lot of clients on that questioning piece because people will drive themselves crazy putting themselves in a situation where they are not growing and evolving. And if they do, it's not, it's not worth it ultimately. You know, it's better to have a three-month job or a six-month job on your resume than it, you know, and to, and to work through that in the interview than it is to really um, – you know, to put yourself through that. Yeah, well, that's that's especially for 20-somethings, that option of getting out and restarting and, and not imagining mm-hmm. that everyone's looking at your resume as closely as you think they are. They're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. the 20s really are about jumping around. So that's mm-hmm. that alone is, a, I think, a really powerful um, help to people to, to know that they have that option. Sandra, the last thing we want to ask you is whether in your clients, I assume you work with men and women. Is that right? Yes. So do you see any patterns? I mean, is there anything in particular that you see that's gender related or do you think this fight flight instinct that we all have is pretty universal? I think men, is there anything that women can learn from men or men can learn from women that you see? I think that Women are probably more likely to bring the, the question of fear up in the context of a session. Um, I think it's something, you know, women women are much more thrown by interpersonal conflict and issues. You know, it, it, it bothers them. It kind of weighs on them. Whereas men, I feel like, you know, generally speaking, um, men have been more like socialized to not dwell on these things, to not pay attention to them and to maybe not feel them as such a, you know, when something goes well, they, they don't. Totally. Yes. Personally. Yeah. We're nodding our heads off um, here. Andrea, thank you so much. This is great sure. advice for everyone. And it does seem, I think what I'm walking away with from, from this call with you is it does feel like a solvable problem or a coachable problem that if you have these kinds of feelings of anxiety, you could call Andrea. First of all, you can get to her, themuse.com, go to find a coach, and Andrea Gerson is there. Um, but and second the, of all, to know that you're not alone. Right. And that there is, you know, clearly... We know from not only the people who work with us, for us, but the number of people who nod their heads when you start to talk about this topic, everyone is terrified of Suzanne. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is terrified at work on some level at some point in the day. So um, knowing that there are techniques that you can use to solve it would be great um, has been really helpful. So if you want to give Andrea a call, if you're feeling afraid at work, you can go into the Muse. Go to themuse.com, click on Find a Coach, go to Andrea Gerson, and because you listen to this show, when a promo code comes up, you're going to put in Big Payoff 1-0 to get a discount. Big Payoff 1-0. Andrea, thanks so much. I know we'll call you again when we need a coach. Thanks so much. Thank you, Andrea. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.